Hello, all you cosmic travelers and wanderers. This is Darlene Vandegrift and K. Melissa Waterman, inviting you to join us today in our episode of Expansion from Within, Exploring Multidimensionality. Let me introduce you to my friend and dear colleague, Darlene Vandegrift. She is a lifetime experiencer, a medical intuitive, and a multidimensional mediator for over 35 years. She's also an author, an artist, a teacher, and a mentor for spiritually invested people. And Kay Melissa Waterman is my friend and colleague, and she's an intuitive mentor, a spiritual teacher. She also works with energy on many levels. In the past, Melissa has worked with Dr. Joe Dispenza on his research team. Join us on our journey of meeting multidimensional beings, exploring what it means to be human, and expanding our spiritual evolution. So here we are again. This is our eighth episode. I'm very proud of us. It's pretty amazing. Today we're going to talk about paradigm shift. What what is paradigm? What is the paradigm shift? Just how multidimensionality features in within. Can you give us an explanation? Like what? How would you define the paradigm shift? Okay. Yes, it's big, right? It is. Um, it is. I mean, it, paradigm shift is not something that's you know, it's not a small small feature of what's happening with us today but so we are in it it's not going to happen it's not about to happen it is happening and we've been in it for for quite a while it's a slow process it's not anything that's going to change us dramatically and what that is is it takes us from our perceptions from our consciousness from who how we've been functioning in the last hundreds thousands of years in a way that brings us forward to have more consciousness, more awareness, not only for ourselves and how to care for ourselves or who we are as human beings, but also who others are and bringing in that element of compassion and forgiveness and acceptance and all of that so that the shift is, it's it's a mental shift, it's a perception shift, and it's a heart shift. Is it the same as the age of Aquarius? I would say that it's a piece of, like the age of Aquarius is is a piece of it, or it could be another term for the paradigm shift. I think people have different terms for it. Right, right. It's so interesting to me, the, the power of it, right? Like I often am referring to it these days that there's so much energy that's going on around us and it affects each of us very differently, right? Some people are having a breeze and... So others are really struggling, right? Like that's my experience, you know, talking to many people every day. So I'm wondering what's the connection with the paradigm shift and multidimensionality? Like how, how can the, how do we put those two things together? So the paradigm shift includes multidimensionality. What it does is it brings in our parts of ourselves. So multidimensionality is one of the reasons why the paradigm shift is happening is we become more accepting of those parts of ourselves that we may not have any experience or knowledge about. And so we're bringing those forward sometimes unconsciously. So it's not necessarily a conscious thing. It's an unconscious thing as well, you know, for those that are not on that particular path. 
So bringing that in, it's it's understanding ourselves more. It's understanding what multidimensionality is. It's utilizing who we are as a multidimensional being, whether that's past or future. And that in itself changes our perception. So I think the biggest thing with a paradigm shift, it's a change, it's a shift of our perception of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, what is time? Mm-hmm. Time isn't linear anymore. You know, do we exist all at the same time in all different dimensions? That's a big one for people to really grasp and understand and accept. Right, right. So I guess I want to ask next, like, how exactly does the awareness of being multidimensional help us through in this paradigm shift? It's two questions. How does the awareness of being multidimensional actually maybe alleviate some of the stress or... um, create some groundedness in us. And then I want to know about multidimensional beings and their part in the paradigm shift and their part in relationship to us as individuals. It changes your belief system. So if you only believe that what you know in this moment is the reality and you live in the time period that we're living in with everything that is going on around us, and you have a tendency to be into some kind of fear or concern or any of that, and you're not looking at the fact that this is a time period that there is a necessity for a shift, that there is no time that exists, like this is offering us something, this paradigm shift is offering us a shift in our evolution, not just for us, but for earth, right? So that that place of bringing in a new consciousness, a new perception of that there's more that exists outside what we are seeing and what we are experiencing is how I see that it is beneficial because you can step back and you can be the observer as opposed to being in it. It's perfect sense. And then the other part of the question was, how what role do like specific multidimensional beings play? How How does that you know, how, how do the beings that you work with, how do multidimensional beings impact this whole paradigm shift? I, I think there's probably many, maybe more than many thousands of multidimensionals, not only our own multidimensionals, but others, other beings that are important in this shift because we are part of them, right? I mean, they're existing, they're part of us, we are part of them. So us coming to a a better understanding, a clarity of what it means to be human and to move forward in the perception that needs to change, that life does not have to be a struggle, life does not have to be harmful, life does not have to have war, it can move into another awareness, a heartfelt awareness. They're very much aligned with that because they can see in whatever their theirs, our experience has been through the long lives that we've had, they can see that this is a, is a positive in our evolution. So they, they can be observant, they can't interfere. But when we reach out in a way to, uh, we talk about the field, right? If we reach out in a way to connect with them through the quantum field, and we reach out in a way with, you know, some people have prayer, You know, are you praying to angels or to God or to source or multidimensionals are in many dimensions. So when we ask for something and that energy goes out, then we are requesting. They're not interfering. 
right? We are requesting something and that request can come back in if we're available and open and allowing of the answer to come back, which might not fit, <laughs> might not fit we, we think it should be. Well, sure. I mean, we might not have a broad enough perspective to right. have an understanding of what's really necessary in a moment, right? So that seems like it would play into our integrity. And so I want you to speak a little bit about how important our integrity is and how we how we get centered and grounded in it. Like how, how do we keep our integrity intact? Our, our integrity and our sovereignty are the biggest things that I think that we as human beings need to keep intact, right? Mm -hmm. So we can have choices and even having choices that are different than others. If you hold your integrity and respect others' integrity, right? That, that it's not everybody has to be aligned with the same thought, perception, understanding, and you never will be, right? You're always gonna have division, you're always gonna have, but how do you handle that division? So if you have a, have a knowing, which is different than a belief system, if you have a knowing where you really resonate with it in your body, where your heart sings about whatever that knowing is, where you're not questioning anything, where you're undoubtedly living in your own truth, that is your integrity. And if you carried forth in your life with that, in speaking from that place, you are more grounded. There isn't any, there isn't any energy that says anything different in your body. There isn't anything that rises up that says, wow, I just... I just told a lie there, or I really don't believe that, but I have to say that to that person because I want something from them or, you know, then you're out of alignment of integrity. And I think that is the biggest, one of the biggest things that we are being held accountable for. And this, what did we create in the past? What have we always created? Where do our timelines and our karma get played out in the now that of things that we have created in the past? you know, that are bubbling up. I mean, they're clearly here, mm -hmm. you know, of things that whether it's our childhood or it's past lives or it's any of that, it's coming forward and it's wreaking havoc because people don't understand it. They may, they may not understand the dynamics of really what's happening. You know, they're looking at it as a as chaos and, and destruction and possible demise of everything that we know. Some of that may be true, right? But it's, it's where do you want to place yourself? What do you want to hold on to? That's your integrity about something that could be better. Mm -hmm. Yep, that makes sense. You uh, you said integrity and sovereignty. And so could you just speak for a minute about what you think sovereignty, what does that mean actually, our sovereignty? I think it's your choices of, they're very side by side when I look at them. They're not one ahead of the other and not one more important than the other. So your integrity is your groundedness and your sovereignty is how you hold and speak in your choices. You know, you have your, your sovereignty, you have your way of being, you have your own, you know, like this is my own. Whereas the integrity for me, it feels like it's more of a, of a combination and a groundedness. Like if I could put, if I could place these in the chakra system, right? my integrity really would be more grounded and my sovereignty would be more heart up. You know, it's like, this is, this is who I am as this particular incarnation of my sovereignty, my choices, my lessons, my, my gifts, my talents. This is, this is all of that where the, where the integrity grounds that. Would it be safe to say that sovereignty is who I am and standing firm in it and knowing it 
and integrity is how I behave. Yes. Sovereignty. Exactly. That's very good. Cool. So how do we remain grounded and centered with all of this shifting energy happening? First of all, is to step back from it and know you do not have to be part of it, right? You can participate. Neutrality is big. That doesn't mean you don't take any action, but you hold a space of neutrality emotionally. And then your, your practices, you know, like what keeps you centered? What keeps you grounded? It's not going to be the same for everybody. Some people may pray. Some people may meditate. You know, it's that quiet it's a quiet place, though. I think it's not about the involvement in the minutia of what's going on. It's that quiet place that you take that moment, that time to not think necessarily, but just hold the space within yourself so that you stay more grounded or maybe doing visualizations of grounding yourself into Mother Earth, you know, bringing that energy up. It depends on what your rituals are that feel good to you about what is needed for your physical body it's not just your emotional body like what does you especially this time that we're living in physical body is getting pummeled with thought forms and chaos and overworking and people at home and raising kids and you know it's it's not easy in, in any way shape or form for i would say the majority of people on the planet that's right i'm remembering a channeling of the hathors tom kenyon and the hathor Yes. And I remember it very clearly. The Hathors were recommending just even five minutes of moving into the quantum field or the field or the, you know, whatever we call it, the hard space. And that that could provide just a moment of relief from the intensity of this paradigm shift of, of this new age coming in. And that it made so much sense to me at the time. I just thought like, oh, even if even if it's 10 minutes or, or 15 minutes to just have a moment's relief from some of what in this third dimension feels quite dense and feels quite like molasses. People are getting ill all over the place and it's hard to stay focused on the big picture when there are so many things snapping in front of us, pulling our attention away from that higher view, so to speak, of that higher, yeah, the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is what's really needed. That's what I'm hearing you say, that to keep your eye on the big picture is key. Is essential. Right. You know, I mean, it's like we're walking in, in a foggy room right now. We're in the dark a lot of times, you know, because we don't know exactly what's going to happen. And if you move through the fear of that, you're going to get stuck in the fear. And, and going back to the, you know, our body, going back to our rituals and what works for us and the groundedness and the staying separate, um, our bodies don't ask for a whole lot, you know, like, like you were saying 10 minutes a day, right? Even a couple breaths a right. day where you're consciously taking mm -hmm. a breath in and exhaling to just let your body know, I, I know you need this, mm -hmm. right? I need this, mm -hmm. you know, finding some, finding something for yourself that attaches to that breath in so that when you exhale, you let go. Right. Right. So you take a deep breath in, you fill that body up with, let's let's say, light and love. You fill that body up with light and love and that big inhale. And when you exhale, you're saying goodbye to whatever tension is in your body. It could be as simple as that. It doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be anything complicated. Right. Right. I think that's wonderful information. I mean, and there's 
so many different kinds of techniques. I mean, there's EFT and there's Ho'oponopono and there's grounding. There's all kinds of visualizations, grounding practices, seeing oneself, you know, growing roots. I mean, there's so many things, you know, go on YouTube and search any one of those things and you can find information about ways to regroup with yourself, get yourself back, get your feet under you, I like to say, to, to right. you know, have, have and move from having your feet under you. Yeah, that's great. So can you say more about moving into neutrality, about how to do it? I understand the concept, becoming neutral, being grounded enough to be neutral. Is there anything else we need need to say about neutrality? So I work with the seven seeds that was given to me probably over 25 years ago. <clears throat> and there's the, the seven seeds are leading the body into a place of neutrality. And we'll talk about it probably in another, in another section more in depth. Allowance, acceptance, commitment, trust, truth, co-creativity, and then integrity. So it's working up the chakra system. So when you allow something, right? So you're open to it. You allow something to happen. So you're open to what is what is around you, what is universe bringing to you. You accept it. It's a little deeper than that. You can allow things, but some people can't accept it. I can allow people to be ill, but I can't accept that I'm going to get ill, right? So it, it's that acceptance of the net, that level of whatever's coming in. And then commitment, you know, commitment to yourself trusting your truth of who you are. So it's speaking your truth. It's trusting that truth. It's opening up your heart to trust more in what's being offered to you. And then the, the co-creative piece is your own creativity as well as what is the universe bringing to you that you can see the field with, that you can put out there as an intention. We talked about intention, right? So what do you put in the field as an intention so that that figure eight or that infinity symbol can come back to you in a much bigger way than even we can imagine. And that keeps our integrity in, in line, okay? And it's all about the neutrality because you're, you're taking all of that and you're interacting with the outside world in more of a neutral place. You're not judging, you're not condemning, you're not trying to fix something, you're looking at it in a way of staying neutral. That doesn't mean that you don't take action. It just means that you're neutralized in your emotional body so that when you do take action and you feel like speaking your truth, and it's important that you speak your truth and you'll be able to express what is real for you, that there's not an attachment of an emo a strong emotion to that where it can't be heard. You can be heard better when you're emotionally vacant or neutral when there is no attachment to it, you strongly believe in it, but there's no attachment to make someone else believe in it. Mm -hmm. Right. When I'm thinking about neutrality and action, I'm thinking about people who have a very strong opinion about one side of a political situation, say, oh my gosh, we could pick anything, women's, women's rights, say. And, and to become neutral, you, what you just explained was beautiful, that there's a need for the emotion to be squelched so that you can still say where you, you have an opinion, you still have a side, so to speak, that you believe in more than, say, someone others 
some other's side. It's really, it's about finding a way. I mean, people get fired up, right? Like these yes. issues are intense and they're, and people feel very, very strongly convicted about how they believe what you're, what you're asking is to, I mean, I, I would need real help. Like I, I have some friends that are certainly very strongly opinionated about any number of different events currently that are going on and their positions are reasonable and, and good. And they feel like they need to stay fired up to make change happen. And well, so it would be, yes, I believe that it, there's, a, there's going to be always people that need to stay fired up. But if you really want to have a conversation with somebody, wouldn't it be interesting to present your side of it in a more neutral place? And for that person that's fired up to ask them, I'd really like to understand why you believe that. How do you know that? Where did that come from? Is that something you were raised with? Is that something that's cultural for you? Is that something that, is that an experience that you have? Because a lot of people just get fired up and I, without knowing where did that come from? You know, is that an experience that I've had or something? But you get to know the person better and you can understand them better if they can identify that. I think it's about injustice. I mean, there's a number of people I work with and there's, they're sensitive to injustice, to any perceived injustice. And of course it's their own perception of injustice, right? It's not, right. There's, there's no one injustice that, that's blanket across the board, but that, that injustice like pushes their buttons and in, they become enraged and really attached. They're certainly not neutral. They're actually more attached than they're far on the spectrum away from neutral. So it's, it's like to ask them to become neutral, I think they would feel like they're giving something very important up. Yes. So when you bring up the attachment and you bring up their ability to raise the stakes to be bigger in what they're saying and they're really committed, they're convicted, they're convinced in some way, and you start to pull that apart, we haven't talked about the underlying timelines that are our history of what we could be connected to. Mm -hmm. And there is a fair amount of when there was beings brought to this planet to do the seeding, you know, the star nations are coming in and do the seeding, that there's a fair amount of beings that came to this planet that we are now them in some way, right? So we're a multidimensional part of them that they were defectors or they were refugees. This is a refugee planet, mm -hmm. right? And we still are. Right. And so that injustice about wherever that came from doesn't right. even have to be this lifetime. Sure. Well, or even many lifetimes. It could be or many lifetimes, right? Inter Interplanetary, you know, injustices. So what, I, what I'm getting from what you're saying is that you're, you're saying taking it apart, if I have a sense of injustice and I feel hell-bent on a particular stand for a cause, that I could just take a minute and go, wait, what else is going on here? What are the timelines involved? What is the karmic load that's involved? What, what could I actually clear here? And can I ask for help to clear? Like, can I actually see it as an issue that needs resolution? rather than like, yes, this is great. 
I am hell bent on fixing this cause in the on the planet and not even look twice about how angry or how much intensity is being carried. That feels like what we're getting to is like taking it apart is actually what's going to help the timeline shift and the load shift so that then neutrality can be had. I think people hear that, oh, we're supposed to be neutral and then we're not supposed to have an opinion. And so I think what we're getting at is how to be able to take action and remain neutral. And And that's a service to us because we're clearing our own timelines and our own karmic load. And that impacts the planet, but it, it starts here. It starts with me. It starts with the person who's having an issue. Right. And if you, you know, it's just example, you're talking to somebody that both people are in their drama of whatever they're, nothing, nothing can happen other than more division. Mm -hmm. But if one of those people, that one individual can stay in their grounded place, in their neutral place, even if they feel that bubbling up inside themselves, they don't respond in a way so that they can hear the other person. Maybe they can get a bit of understanding. Maybe they can even get a doorway that's open for their conversation to come out for what you're thinking or feeling. But that place of neutrality, it, it goes back to even our childhood. We're used to being yelled at. When somebody raises their voice in some way, we block it. We don't want to hear it. We feel like we're being controlled or demanded or or whatever. So bringing that energy down so that there's a possibility of that sharing that can happen. And then whether you agree or not, then you can take an action in whatever way that you want to. But it's more likely to move forward than it is to be stuck in the struggle of it. Right, right. So the next question I have is really right right in line with what we're talking about. It's, you know, in the past, we've been told by the council that communication is of the utmost importance. Our ability to communicate with each other, with, with them, with between us on all levels. And I've got a question that says, you know, how do we do that? How do we actually manage good communication? It seems to be the flaw of the human race to not actually listen or hear very well, or to not really reach for this neutrality that we're talking about. I think it really is tied to neutrality because we have to lower our own blood pressures. We have to get curious. We have to figure out how to uh, meet the other person. Accompaniment seems key so that we're not just going off with our own intention, with our own ideas, with our own myopic view. You know, how do we integrate these voices and perspectives and soul ages, I think we've sort of answered it. It's through this clearing of the timelines and looking for the neutrality. And, and it's also about, you know, that place of understanding who you are in holding the space for what is happening. And that's big. It is because it's a big job to hold the space. But what happens is when you're holding the space for somebody, it's not just a word. Mm -hmm. It's I'm holding the space for you. Mm -hmm. What you're doing is you're creating a bubble around whatever they are experiencing Mm -hmm. in the desire, wish, hope, intention that nothing else comes in while they are sorting through the space within the space, right? Right. Right. So that the chaos doesn't get attracted to them any more than what they're already dealing with. 
Right. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. I love that re that reminder to hold space for each other and yeah. to request. And allow. Right. Right. That's wonderful. Well, I think that um, the only other thing to talk about today is about the people that are most affected by this this paradigm shift. You want to say anything about that? Yeah, so I think we're going to talk about that next and more in depth, but um, it's the yeah. empaths, you know, and mm -hmm. the majority of those that feel, believe, know that they are in this waking up stage that we've been talking about, you know, for decades, <laughs> right, about we're going to wake up and we're in the process of waking up and whatever. The majority of people that are here doing that work, working with others, I believe that the majority of them are empaths. But what happens is in that empathic heartfelt place is that they can't separate from what is there, especially in the immense amount of energy or thought forms that are coming forward, right? So they can't separate from that. So they are the most, I believe, the most affected. And that doesn't mean that there isn't any other impasse that are, you know, that are in other countries that, you know, they're just struggling to feed themselves. So they're having, you know, there, there's empaths all over the place. I think each one of us has a piece of being empathic. We sure. might have shut it down, but those that are really trying to be somewhat different, to be enlightening for others, to help them to, you know, the energy workers, all of those, you know, even the nurses, the doctors that are really connected to people that want to be in service to, mm -hmm. a lot of those have empathic hearts and they're the ones that are being more, because they, they don't have the boundaries. They may not even know that they're empathic and yet they feel, they feel they're getting, you know, they're getting swamped, they're getting ill from it. They're feeling drained from it. It's that place of learning how to um, not just set boundaries, but learning how to separate yourself from whatever's going on, that place of neutrality, again, right? That place of staying back and not being in the chaos of it. I was told the, this morning and looking at empaths and working with the council, that it was like, there's two, two places that we're in, in this particular lifetime. We are either in a karmic timeline minefield, mm. minefield, mm -hmm. or we are in a karmic timeline fishbowl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What that means is that we're either navigating, you know, in the minefield, we are navigating the potential of destruction. We are navigating the drama and the trauma. We are in, in the field, right? In the minefield of anything can happen at any particular time. You have to decide, is that where you want to be? And then do you want to hold neutrality in that field so that you can navigate it more effectively? Mm -hmm. Or are you in looking at it and holding the space, sometimes even for the world, right? You're holding the space for whatever is happening, whatever event, whatever cataclysmic thing is on the news. You're holding that space because you're not involved in it. You may feel for the person or the people or the community or whatever's going on you're not involved with it but can you hold that space and look at it but hold the space for it right right that's beautifully beautifully stated i love it and i'm glad that we're going to speak about more about empaths next time and we're going to speak more about raising our vibration and keeping our vibration high that's 
our teaser for uh, our next session. But Great. I think, I think we're complete today. Good, Melissa. Thank you so much. Stay tuned till next week. All right. Take care.